Hey, this is Tori Kittles. I plays the character of Broussard on USA's Colony. You're listening to Talk Colony Podcast with Tracy and that other dude who sometimes shows up. I'm not even going to say his name. Hey, everybody. It's Talk Colony Night. Tracy and Jay here to... Yeah. Walk through the second episode of Colony Season 3. And, uh, yeah, some more jaw-dropping events, some more new cast members. It's uh, a lot to take in. So it's good. So glad this show is back. I'm just so glad this show is back. I mean. I know. Don't It just feels good. It feels right. Yes. It agree. It right. It's like agree. a It's like a warm blanket. <laughs> Here you and go thinking some. about Broussard again. Golly. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of Broussard, that Tory Kittles fellow, he's um he is our buzz from the block tonight. How about that? Oh boy. Yeah. I heard of him. I think I know who he is. Yeah. You know you're yeah, excited. Yeah, I know. I know. I secretly love me some Tory Kittles. I just can never mm-hmm. admit it publicly. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Right. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I'll, I'll do that part for you. Since you can. <laughs> I, Not a hey, I appreciate you. are a good team player. Yeah, is a good team I'm player. a team player. So I think we're going to kind of walk through the high points from the episode, which they're all yeah. pretty high points. And um, then we'll hit our segments for biggest reveal and who yeah. owned the episode. We will rate the episode uh, with the number of Josh Holloway hair flips, and then we'll get into our buzz. So, yeah, all right. Anything let's before we start the recap that um, I don't think so. That you had? Okay, all right. No, well, let's hit it. So. I'll just I mean, start us off. Right, yes. Puzzle Man, episode two <laughs> of season three. Uh, you know, right from the get go on this episode, we see somebody that, uh, frankly. I think up until pretty recently, we weren't even sure was coming back to mm-hmm. Colony Season 3. We get to see Allie Walker as Helena mm-hmm. in her uh, her new digs. She's, uh yeah. looks like she's kind of living it up a little bit. Do you see that bedroom she had? I know, like the lap mm. of luxury there. Right. And I don't know if it was outside her window, but that looked pretty pretty darn cool. Yeah. I want to yeah. live where she nice lives. Nice view. Mm-hmm. Anyway... We start off by seeing her again, and she's kind of rushed into, I don't know if I would call it like a meeting, but an emergency situation to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And a bombshell is dropped in our laps. I mean, what, were we two minutes into the episode? Maybe? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we learn that the factory, that glorious factory that I've spent years now <laughs> sending people to is gone. It has Gone. been Bye-bye. destroyed. It's just, yeah. it's just not even there anymore. Uh, One, it's it's gone. Uh, two, we don't even we don't even know about these aliens, people that right. destroyed it. Like we didn't even just going into the season, right. we just got a hint that there might be this other group. So right. that's kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, Helena, she seems um, very. Troubled, you know, and and that's the thing about her. She's tough as nails, 
But when she hears about her region or people in her yeah. region, she does try to take care of them and protect them because um, she yeah. offered help, you know, right away. I think we talked about that on the um, reaction show last night that she jumped in right away that, you know, yeah. could her people help rebuild the factory Um and they did say in the I, – I don't know that I had captured it completely before, but in the sort of the previously on Colony section, you know, they talked about the rendition and gathering up everyone that they could and sending them to the factory. So I think yeah. she just got a visual of all of my people. Even though they went to the factory, at least they were still alive. <laughs> right. They're still hers, now they're, right. Yeah, right. and now there are no survivors. There's no factory and no survivors, you know, from – um, the original block, Los Angeles yeah. block. So just craziness. Yeah, like it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I mean, way to throw everybody into the episode. Like, yeah. hey, everybody, Colony's back on, and guess what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. I mean, Appreciate the factory. That, the factory was almost like another character on the show. I, it kind of was. Know? It kind of was, and it was and now, one of those things that people had questions about. They wanted to know more right. about and. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, too bad for you because it's no longer. And, and you know, right. people, characters from last season, Maddie, mm-hmm. Nolan, Hudson, uh, did they get sent there? Are they gone? Uh, what's happened? Could somebody have maybe survived this? Fa- like, what happened? Yeah, wow. right. Yeah. It just opens up the mystery bigger. Now, we did learn a little bit about the function of the factory. Correct. It was... Um, building a, what they call it, like a defense, yeah, a def- defensive yeah, grid? defense something, yeah. Something that was really, I guess, it didn't even sound, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an alien, um, but it didn't even sound like it was something that they would use to even attack something else. It really did come off sounding yeah. like this is what we were going to do to keep our new planet Earth and everybody on it safe. Right, and right, now, more protection yeah. rather than, you know, yeah any sort of weapon. So that that was interesting. So it looks like they're going to try to try to rebuild it, but I mean, how do you how do you I mean, they didn't even finish it in the first right. place and we right. we're into the third season, so you know, how right. fast could you possibly do something like that? So yeah, big news at the very beginning. Helena's back. We've lost the factory and um you know, that was that's what we thought the big threat was, going to the factory. Right. Right now we're like, oh my gosh, maybe there's a whole lot more to be, you know, afraid of. Because oh. you know, it's funny in a way that seemed like the threat, but in a, a way we kind of learned that it was kind of for Earth's benefit, you know, ultimately right. Right. to try to protect them. So crazy, mm. just everything's turned yeah. upside down. Yeah, giant bombshell, giant bombshell. Uh, and then once we get from that, we we get into an, another character that we haven't seen in a while, right? That's no. right. That, that guy. What what is his name again? Let me think about this for a minute. Um, that hero guy. Uh, that hero oh, guy. Snyder. Snyder. Must have been Snyder. <laughs> I think you're getting your stories mixed up. Uh, uh, I think I we're going to talk about Broussard next. We are. Mr. We get to see Eric Broussard. Broussard. Mm-hmm. Who we didn't see in the first episode, which even myself, I was a little disappointed about. Um, mm-hmm. But this... Actually, I felt, I mean, and we'll get to talking about like the Bowmans and Snyder and that kind of stuff, but I really felt that this was a very Broussard-centric episode. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that we're learning 
how he's living in the renditioned L.A. block, which when we left L.A. last season, we didn't really know what that meant and what was left of the season and what would happen with Broussard staying behind. But we see that he has survived. Mm -hmm. Um, He appears to be pretty much alone in that whole area. Um, Mm -hmm. And we learned that he's not just hanging out. He's not just surviving. He actually uh, has a mission. Uh, Mm -hmm. He is accomplishing things, whether it is, I don't even think scavenging is the right word, but he's out and about to gather supplies. He's out and about right. to gather intel. Uh, mm-hmm. He's taken up he's taken up residence in the former uh, transitional authority building, which absolutely cracks me up. I know. Um, <laughs> um, but we we see a lot of different things. Like he's actually now taking the time. Um, I guess you know before the rendition, they were busy shredding all the important documents, and we yeah. see piles of these shreds everywhere. And he's hanging up ones that he's managed to puzzle piece back together. Hello, mm-hmm. puzzle man. Um, yep. And so it doesn't look like he really. I mean, obviously, it's got to be kind of boring, but he's put himself to work in yes. <laughs> A, surviving, B, trying to get intel and figure out what's going on. And then not only that, uh, he's on a schedule with a radio and some other, you don't see my air quotes that I'm making, but drivers (laughs) and a mysterious dispatch lady in which this all looks like a very organized effort. So maybe the resistance isn't quite as dead there as we thought it was. Right. Right. It's like they have this network, almost this, quote, transportation network where they can get people in and out of the block. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And it's it's really um, it's, you know, I'm very curious about it from the beginning when he's when he's on the radio and they're checking in with all the different routes. I think he's route eight. Um, and it, what struck me, too, when we go and see Broussard, we know he's got a military background and I know this is not unique to military professionals, but. You know, he like you said, he created a mission. He created a job for himself. He's exercising. He's got you know, he's keeping his food supply. He's keeping right. order for himself. You know, and I thought that was yep. really interesting that he's not just you know hanging out. I mean, he there's still very disciplined. Order. Very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very disciplined. Yeah. So I thought that was was interesting. So yeah, he's got kind of these two different jobs going on, and um, but when you're doing that puzzle job, that's a lot of paper. And you need a lot of glue or tape. And, and so our, our man Broussard runs out. I mean, he runs out of it. He's got to go Right, right, right. <laughs> and right. where do you hit up if you need glue and art supplies? <laughs> this, this is one of my favorite, just <laughs> even know. just a, a quick scene, just seeing him uh, <laughs> with all these little kitty things. Right. Um, and it wasn't just a little kid's room. It was, I think it was a little girl's room. <laughs> and yeah, he's sitting yeah. there at the table. And, like, his knees are up above the table because the table's so small, you know. Right, And he's right. collecting the, the glue and the tape. And, and um, the safety but, you know, scissors. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rounded edges. Oh. So, but that's, I mean, that's oh. smart. You know, you, if you run out of the office supply places and the offices, I mean, that's pretty clever. You can go hit up the, the little craft areas with the kids, you know, yeah. wherever you can find it. But when he's in that house, I guess, you know, in the green zone, he runs into um, a child. He hears a noise and there's a 
little boy like underneath the table. And uh, crazy, yep. Yeah, there's another person there, and you know Broussard doesn't want him to be afraid or whatever. Um, but then boom, the the mother arrives and she's like mm-hmm. in you know protective mode. Come here, you know, don't mess with my kid. Who the heck are you? You know, which you know any mother would react that way. And you know he tries to let him know right away. I'm 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 good guy. You know, it's <laughs> right. okay. And um. As it turns out, they they kind of had a similar idea. If they just stayed undetected, maybe they could stay in the block and you know have have some stuff to themselves. You know, she mentioned you know just live in the green yeah. zone, just kind of have some luxuries. But it didn't end up being all it was cracked up to be. And you know, sadly, you know she lost her husband in the process. Yep. So you know, it it just didn't work out as uh, as planned. And she wants out. Well, who better to run into, at least we think. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> what a chance meeting, this, right. Yeah, I know, part of this transportation system. So he's like, hey, I can actually help you. And um, she ends up trusting him, and they go back to the post office and, I guess, you know, stay a night or whatever while he gets the arrangement set up for them. And, um, you know, he's real nice to the little kid and gives him some candy, um, gets him to help him with the puzzles, you know. And uh, things are looking good. Like, oh, he's got these missions, these jobs. He's he's putting these things, these documents together. He's going to get some information. He's helping people. He takes them down to the tunnels mm. where they have this this whole, you know, process set up, and they're yeah. on their way. They're on their way. So, I mean, worked out great, right, Jay? Worked out great for them? Well, it looked like it was going to work out great for them. I mean, you know. That was the idea. <laughs> that was the idea. And yeah. it looked like an actual pretty foolproof plan and like everything mm-hmm. was. Uh, I'm, and it even just from, I guess, my own imagination, hearing the different calls every day between dispatch and all the different, that they've been very successful at this. Yeah, um, like they've got it down. But uh, we do learn that this was not successful. No, um, it wasn't. And something has happened that ultimately compromised not just this poor mother and son, but right. kind of the whole thing. The whole, the whole thing operation. has fallen apart. Right. Damn the transitional authority. Oh, gosh. They Yep. Someone caught up with them somehow and, and blew the whole thing out of the water. But, but we still have Broussard and one other person. Yeah, because we find out because dispatch that mm-hmm. that nice lady on the line shows up to meet Broussard and tell him what's going on. Um, and ultimately I think is the one that convinces Broussard that they need to leave. Yeah. That this whole thing is so underwater now that they must move on and they must head North because that's where I, I don't know if the next place of action is the best way to put it, but the next she place to actually a, accomplish and do something. Right. Yeah, she knows there's a resistance camp out there because just the two of them alone in the block, you know, can't do as much, presumably, as, you know, as being with a whole other group. So where's the next group she knows of? You know, north, like, of there. So, yeah, he, he agrees to go along with her. And I thought she made a, a, a good point when, you know, he's been working – on putting this information together and, you know, he's been very committed to the resistance 
And he's yeah. like, it can't be over. You know, we can't just stop. And and she said clearly, you know, we're not stopping. It's not over. We're just moving. <laughs> you know. Right. And um, so they kind of came to an agreement there. And um, she was impressed, I think, with the the intel that he had gathered by putting the the documents together. And um, she she gives him some intel too. They kind of swap notes, and she tells him about Seattle and how they went through the quote rendition, right. and uh, and then you know repopulated new government. She mentioned, but uh, it, Broussard had gotten wind that they're from from the puzzles or whatever, right? That um, they're talking about a, a bioweapon. Yeah, what is this about? Mm. Yeah, so it sounded like it sound involved. Good. It sounded like it involved repopulating the block and she's like hmm that sounds suspicious they did rendition in seattle and they repopulated the block oh my gosh are they are they doing are they ahead of the game and already doing that in seattle she's like we've got to warn them you know so yeah it's it's like just enough information to make you one worried um (laughs) and then just you know really intrigued like what does this mean you know what exactly does this entail so and and who's involved so um, yeah, so they got to they got to get moving and 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 check this all out. So they make their Ooh, way out of the do. out of the block, puts up a flare, and I guess they keep moving. So um, yeah, it was interesting. It put it put a, I mean, it certainly didn't close any sort of. I mean, it kind of closed a chapter because I think it, in the hiatus we were all wondering what's going to yeah. happen to Broussard? He stayed behind. What's right. going to happen? You know, so yep. it did kind of wrap that up. And now we're like, okay, what's next? Moving on. Yep. Um, New mission. So, yep. So I, I know you want to talk about um, our other characters and what they were up to. Cause we had some, we had some good Snyder footage again. Well, this we week. always have good Snyder <laughs> footage. I mean, like he's the star of the show. Come on. The star you know? of the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know who Josh Holloway or Sarah Wayne Collies or Tori Kittles are, but Peter Jacobson is where it's at. Um, but yes, uh, we do uh, get to see a few different pieces of the Bowmans and Snyder. Um, they have the gauntlet. They've made contact with a so-called resistance group that they were originally set out to meet with anyway. Um, uh, we see Snyder practicing with the kids their story because uh, hello Snyder was a proxy in LA and it's important that they have some kind of cover story. And I absolutely love that he's uncle Alan. (laughs) Uh, This just totally cracks me up because um, I think the kids kind of appreciate him, but I don't know that they really know what to make of him um, or necessarily way to put it. But yeah. Um, so it was kind of fun watching them practice the stories and, and, uh, him trying to even just build some extra rapport with them that Uh it didn't work out so well. We, we didn't get some high fives that we should have gotten. No, he was left hanging for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Hey, you know, they're the Bowman kids, so they're smart kids. That's okay. That's okay. And they're pretty resilient. Right. Yeah, they can, they can handle they can handle a Snyder. Um, but we do see the Bowmans um, work to kind of prove their worth with the gauntlet they meet on the bridge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they show the gauntlet, and they decide ultimately on both sides of the fence to proceed. Yep. Um, and uh, get them on a train to somewhere. Yep. Um, that they There's must a train take coming. Get on, on their it. own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get on it and go, and you'll end up where you're supposed to go. Yes. And yeah, their contact was not going yeah. with them. <laughs> Which is a little nerve wracking to me. Uh, I yeah. feel like. Okay, the train's going somewhere, but we don't know where, and we don't really know who you are. And um, but hey, we have the gauntlet, so why not jump on the train and go? Mm-hmm. Oh, and they do, yeah. just fine because they need to get somewhere, no matter what they do. Gotta um, keep moving. And we have we have some good moments on the train too. We have some real good mm-hmm. moments on the train. Uh, everybody is talking about um, you know. There's a bunch of boxes on there with the little insignia for the transitional authority and for some reason there's some cereal in them or whatever <laughs> and um we get um uh they're questioning snyder about well what's kind of the deal with this they want answers like this doesn't make sense i don't know i probably with them i i think if i see a transitional authority box there must be guns in it or alien right. tech or you know, who knows? Maybe it's just red hat uniforms. I don't know. I expect to see something right. cooler than than boxes of food. Uh, yeah. And so they ask him about it. And very classically, he's like, uh, what? Do I look like Captain Crunch? Um, <laughs> which, um, if you did not chuckle at that, then you either, A, were not watching the show, or you have zero sense of humor. Because especially coming from Peter Jacobson slash Alan Snyder. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Classic Snyder. But, you know, in contrast to that, they also had to talk on the train. Um, they found out that he has a daughter and that he doesn't yes. know where she is, you know, because he tried to, yeah. to protect her before and she wouldn't take his help. Um, so that was interesting, too. You know, they keep he's funny, he's conniving. And then you see these flashes of humanity like, oh, he actually right. had a family, too, or has a family. So he's just he's a complex guy. So, yeah. but the, I think another great description of Snyder was when, um, or Uncle Alan, was when Gracie told the resistance yes. guy that you know this is my Uncle Alan. He talks a lot. You know, perfect. Yeah, that was, he does. That was. I mean, the best. Yeah. That's like, solid. High five, Gracie. Yeah. 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 So this. Yeah, because she, she described Charlie first, right? It was Charlie first, and she's like, "This is my brother Charlie," and he uh-huh. doesn't talk very much. And then she yeah. totally turned it around <laughs> and threw him under the bus in such a cute um, and hilarious way. And uh, yeah, that was funny. Okay. Yeah. So the guy on the train, the resistance guy they're talking to, I think is named Vincent. Did I get that right? Oh man, I, I hope so. I think yeah. so. Tell us if we're wrong. But um, he seems. Okay, you know, a little mysterious. He's definitely checking them out and trying to make sure he buys their well, story sure. and yeah. checks out the gauntlet. And um, he he agrees that they're okay enough to proceed. And and they get off the train together and um, head towards the the actual resistance camp location. And uh, he mentions a couple things along the way. He tells um, he tells. Will that um, they were, he was asking Will was asking him about the camp and at one point he just says that it can get you know political. Watch yeah. your six, 
So it's like, oh, yeah. okay, I thought we were all on the same team here. What's you right. know, what right. is there to be nervous about? And um, and then when they do actually arrive, this Vincent fella, you know, is going to carry the gauntlet into, I guess, the powers that be or whoever the leader is into <laughs> right. this cabin. Right. And and this other guy's like, hold up, you're not taking it in. And he's surprised by that, you know. So there's obviously this kind of hierarchy and yes. it seems to be shifting. So, you know, a lot of mysteries there as well. Like, it, like we're just seeing these we are moving into these new places and, and with a lot of new questions, we get lots of answers and closure on some things and then a bunch yeah. of new, you know, which is, that's what keeps it, you know, interesting. But uh, yeah. So that's kind of, I think where you, it ends with that. Did you, did you feel, did you feel like it was unstable there? I got the feeling between the political comments and the whole, you can't take that in there thing that, Besides just the hierarchies, that it it seemed kind of unstable, mm-hmm. and the Bowmans should have those red flags raised. Yeah, I agree. I mean, your I think your hackles should go up. Um, it's like, hmm, this is not as as we thought right. it was. Maybe you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. No, it, it, it's a little uh, unnerving. You know, you, you want them to go into this safe place where they're all, like I said, on the same team and on the same path, and this cohesive unit, and it's. It seems like there's some uh, some differences there. Scary so, stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they what they find out. And I mean, it it looks. I mean, would you say that it looks likely that the Broussard is going north would would end up where they are? Are they all talking about the same camp? That's that's my guess. That's my assumption. I mean, I guess there could be plenty of different you know, resistance camps. But um, I think just because of the organization of, you know, meeting the lady at the bridge, here's a train that will get you there. There's people there that will meet you at the train and they're going to take you to this camp. To me, that felt like this was the camp, if that makes sense. Like this is Mm -hmm. the one that I would think that if you're heading north in the same direction to some kind of organized, I've heard of this place kind of camp, that I would yes. think has to be the same. I mean, maybe not, because, you know, there are different resistance factions kind of everywhere, I'm sure. But it seemed to me like this was the one. It, it Unless seems, they haven't yeah. found the one yet, you know. Right, right. That's what I'm hoping, at least. I'd like to get these guys back together. And I'd really like to see um, some good snyder broussard interaction because they met for the first time last season but (laughs) it was brief you know and broussard seemed like he really didn't want to have anything to do with him um maybe it went both ways but if if they're forced to be back in the same group i think that could be um some good television right there absolutely mm -hmm. what do you think of um of dispatch you 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 trust her you I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious. I mean, obviously she's part of this crew that was doing good things. So you get some bonus points for that, but uh, she did kind of show up out of nowhere and she showed up with this story that it's all falling apart, which Mm -hmm. we didn't see any proof of this. So we have to take her at her word for it. Um, But, you know, from the brief kind of conversation we saw Broussard have with her, um, after that one check-in, she seemed like a normal human being, kind of trying uh-huh. to make the best of the situation. So I feel like hopefully she's a good a good person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
But again, you know, in Colony, you never know. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'll say I'm hopeful. Okay. Yeah. I'm hopeful as well. All right. Should we hit up um, our segments? Do we want to talk about yeah, who owned it. the episode? Would you as like long to as go nobody first? picks Broussard, that's fine. We uh, can talk about that all day long. Then I think you should probably go first. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, all right. So in all honesty, and, and you can pick him too, but I feel like you have to pick Broussard for this. Um, mm-hmm. We've been waiting to see him, waiting to know what he's doing. We got to see what he's doing. We get to see what he's going to be doing next. Um, and we can get to see that, you know, I mentioned, um, you know, just a little while ago, this kind of total discipline from him. He yeah. is. He's obviously intelligent. He's doing things the right way. He's keeping himself in shape. He's keeping himself safe. He's just doing all the right things. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this episode could have survived without seeing what happened with the Bowmans and the Gauntlet and that kind of stuff because we just learned so much. And, you know, even um, uh, there was one point he was walking down, you know, one of the barren streets in the L.A. block and he heard something and he knew enough that this was drones coming and he needed to quickly yeah. get somewhere. I mean, like he's just on top yeah. of it. Right. Um, so um, a, just because we get to see what's going on with him again and know that he's okay, but B that he really is like the man he's got, he's got it going on. He's doing things the right way. I think you have to give the episode to him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, usually when we um, talk about who owned the episode, I usually have a backup, you know, in case we have the same, because, you know, it's, it's good to talk about a couple different characters, but I've got to go with Broussard on this one, too. I, I think, think you have I to, think, yeah. I think he's worthy of both our um, choice um, in this case, and I think the kind of only thing I'd really add on to that was just how impressive it was that he was doing all this and managing all this alone, like Correct. Katie yeah, and Will point. have each other. You know, they have Bram. They have. I mean, they literally yeah. have extra labor force. You know, yeah. no, that's um, a good point. He, he is totally by himself, and I think that just raises the bar even more. Um, that he's managed to. He and while he is all alone, you know, physically for a good part of the episode, and has been for what six months now. Right. Um, he he has still managed to tap into a network with other people where he can help, right. you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's impressive. You, you gotta, you gotta give him props. And, um, and it's interesting too, like you said, I mean, who would have thought he would end up back at the transitional authority offices? I mean, that's, like, <laughs> right. That's right. pretty funny. Um, and, but, uh, it makes sense. He's going to go to where the information is. So, yep. Yeah, I, I would, I'd call Broussard on that one as well. Yeah. It so, pains me to have to do it, but, I'll give him one episode. I'll give him one episode. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, you can do that. All right. Biggest reveal. Do you want to go first on this one, or do you want me to go first? Uh, no, I'll let you go first this one. You can take this one first. Okay. Um, I mean, there was a, a lot of stuff, you know, the talk about the, the bioweapon. You know, we're kind of opening up some new stories here, um, but I just I can't help but think the – the information about the factory reveal Huge. for me this time and, and to open up that way, you know, like just 
boom, like almost like mic drop, you know, hey, here you go. This <laughs> yeah, what happened, right. you know. Yeah. A lot of times you build up and you get something at the end of the episode like, what? Right. You know, right. but they just boom right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they just told us that. What, well, now what's going to happen? You know. Right. So yeah. that, that's, my, that's my choice. Uh, uh, definitely an excellent choice. Uh, hard to ignore that at all. And I love how you pointed out that we did get that in the beginning instead of the end, which is uh-huh. what would typically happen. Yeah. Big slap in the face. Like, wake up. You're watching <laughs> Colony. Um, mine is a, a little lesser on the level, and it, and it really is glaring for me, which is why I'm picking it. And I, I talked about it just a tiny bit last night when we did the reaction show. Um, but now that I've had, you know, 24 hours to think about it or whatever, it mm-hmm. really kind of bugs me. Um, Will, who is perfectly capable of doing probably anything in this world um, uh-huh. and has always been ultra um, cautious and ultra smart and just yeah. doing whatever he needs to do to protect the family, to make things better, whatever. But we watch him a couple times in this episode. Somebody says, show me the gauntlet or give me this or do this. And he just complies. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out if he's where he's at that point where, all right, I have to do this. So let me do this. Or if he's gotten softer now that six months has gone by and he's been in the wilderness or uh-huh. maybe his defenses are down. I, I can't figure out like the will last season or even the first season. I'm like, I'm not showing you the gauntlet until X, Y, Z. And he's not giving mm-hmm. an X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. And so I wonder what's changed inside of will. Um, and so that, that actually worries me a little bit. Okay. So it's a little glaring. Yeah. Case. Yeah, it's a little unsettling to to see him like that. You have to wonder, does he just feel like his choices are limited at this point? Like it's all right. or nothing? Like this is it? We, you know, we, like maybe he doesn't have enough cards to play or something? Right. You know, right. we're kind of backed into a corner. Either these we can trust these people or we can't, and there's nothing else <laughs> right. we can do about You know, yeah. I don't know. But no, it's a very it's a very good observation. Um, you know, I mean, he certainly w- was being very cautious about the meetup, you know, or was he had, he had doubts about it. He's like, this would be the perfect place to, you know, what, what did he, I can't even think of the words now of how he described it, but if they were going to like sabotage. Right. Yeah. He he broke it all down. Like if I was going to do something terrible, this is the perfect place to do that. And so, and, and like, even before that, in the first episode, like we saw him, you know, when they were scouting out the, the, the drone walker and stuff, like he was kind of on top of that stuff. But now all of a sudden we just see this very, and I don't know that it's easygoing, um, mm-hmm. but I just feel like he's giving in or he's giving too much that maybe I'm just not used to that from him. Yeah. Well, it struck me. I said something on Twitter that got, you know, that, gosh, you know, Bram must feel pretty bad around his dad sometimes, it, you know, because Will does have like these tough, high standards, you know, and sometimes right. it seems like you know, he may be disappointed in Bram or why did you do that? Why would you do that? You know, and then he's questioning him about this meetup that he's scheduled. You know, he's like, I don't know, Bram, you know, he has his doubts. But then when they do actually meet up, he doesn't hesitate at all to just open the box, like you said. So it was was a little bit of um, 
contradiction there. Um, so Guess we'll, we'll see. see. We'll yep. see what happens in that camp when they, whoever comes out of that cabin. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Hmm. It's only episode two, two. Ah. Yep. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about the episode. What'd you think of the episode? How many Josh Holloway hair flips are you going to give it? I, um, I'm going to give it two Josh Holloway hair flips because there was entirely too much Bassard in that episode. <laughs> You're joking, right? I may or may not be joking. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. Gosh, God. I know it pains you. I mean, it does. I it does. I know. And Tori's listening, so I have to like put off rating it a little bit higher so he can sweat a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, this I it's it's really hard to rate this episode actually because we get that huge slap in the face right from the get-go <laughs> and we yeah. get to see, you know, Broussard doing his thing. We got to see Helena come back, and we got to see the Bowmans making progress. And we had these, you know, um, silly little interludes with Snyder and his, his silliness or whatever. Um, yeah. So it was really good. But there were no, like, giant explosions or spaceships crashing. or um, So this was a hard one for me because I really enjoyed it. Um, so I feel like it's an eight or nine, but I feel like maybe it's not as action packed as it could be. Uh, so this is hard. I'll go with a. I'll go with an eight. I'll give it an eight. It was good. It was good. I mean, any Josh Holloway hair flip is good. So eight of them. That's. I mean, I'll, that's good. That's. You can't complain. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with nine point five. Now. Oh my lord! This better not have anything to do with Tory Kittle. <laughs> well, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Part okay, of it ahead. is that we got. It was like you said, very Broussard centric. Now, on the other hand, if we had an episode that was very Snyder centric, I think I would rate it highly as well. Because think about it. When everybody's like Team Broussard or Team Snyder, everybody loves the Bowmans. You know, they're a great family. You're rooting for them and all that. But when you're picking a team, it's like Team right. Snyder or Team sure. Bowman, you know. Sure. And so, and they have become these fan favorite characters, you know. Again, the other characters are really well liked, but you kind of want to be in a camp with one or the <laughs> right. other, yeah. you yeah. know, of these guys. Right. So when you have an episode that's, so devoted to one or the other, I think it really uh, raises the stakes and people get really excited. So this time, this time, Jay, it's Broussard, mm. but it could very well be a 9.5 Josh Holloway hair episode when it's mostly Snyder. So I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that out there. It should be a 10 when it's one of those. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just, I'm All just right, saying. you throw that out there too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should not delay any longer, and I'm going to let you listen, Jay, because Jay wasn't with me when we had Buzz from the Block, and so he needs to hear this. You guys need to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. important information from our man, Tori Kittle. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, I think we're good to go now. Um, Okay. Jay was supposed to be here, and he couldn't, and he's really sorry. Something came up, and he really couldn't be here, but he said to say hello. But as far as I'm concerned, if you still want to give him a hard time about it, I'm cool with that. (laughs) 
you know what? We don't need him. I hope I hope he's okay, but we don't need him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he'll be fine. But um, yeah, we we got this covered. But um, yeah, yeah he, he did tell me to tell you hello for sure. So tell, tell him I said I'm I'm uh, I hope he's oh, good, but I'm glad he's not here. <laughs> how are you how are you how are you doing i'm doing pretty well it's finally warming up here in atlanta like it's supposed to so I'm oh, nice. and everybody's super excited about the season and it's so it's gonna be so much fun to watch with everybody tomorrow night thanks so much for hanging out with me for a few minutes um, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you guys for always supporting the show. Like, we see oh. it, and, you know, we really feel it. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we we, we love it. So we, we, we feel it both ways. So um, yeah. we want to know, is being alone in the abandoned transitional authority offices better than being down in a bunker like season two? Pros and cons. Pros, the air is a little bit fresher. Yep. Uh the cons, he's alone. And for somebody who's always thought being alone was going to be a benefit, uh-huh. I think he's. Um, I think his ideas on that are changing. You know, I think he's coming to some under, to to an understanding that he he can't do everything by himself. Not that he ever thought he could do everything by himself, but I think he was happy being. He was. He was just that guy who's who's really happy to go out and do things solo. But now that he he actually can go out and do things on his own. I think he misses he misses the group, you know. He misses the the human connection. Um, there's something wonderful about solitude, but there's also something very dangerous and about solitude. And you when you start to lose the human connection, and sure. um, and I think that's something that is waiting on him. He's thinking about everything that he did wrong. Throughout okay. the course of this journey and what's gotten him to this this place uh, in his in his narrative, yeah, um, and he doesn't really have anybody to pull him out of it. So I think he's yeah. finding ways to pull himself out of it, but that's not always easy. True, true. Well, that kind of leads me into my second question. You, you touched on it quite a bit. We wanted to ask if you could give us a little insight into Broussard's historical, like, lone wolf mentality, because we're wondering, do you think it's been more a result of personality or environment? I think it's a combination of both of the things you're saying. There is, there's something about being alone and going off and on a mission and doing something, you know, alone where you trust solely what you know how to do and how to get things done where you can depend on yourself. But there's also something that you alleviate in doing that. You don't have to risk other people's lives when you do it that way. Right. And and I think that's something that's really affecting him now, the loss of Morgan, um, you know, the the people that that he put, in harm's way and the people that didn't survive that, um, you know, also what it did to the Bowmans, um, you know, sure they survived, but what did that do, you know? Yeah. What did that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's taking responsibility, taking responsibility for the things that he's caused and learning how to live with them, hmm. you know, and I don't think he's in a place where he's forgiven himself yet. Ah, ooh, yeah, that can be tough. Well, is it 
along the lines of those sort of some of those changes, is it safe to say that Broussard is a little more trusting this season with what we saw with him trying to help the mom and child and kind of partnering with Ms. Dispatch? Well, old habits still die hard. Yeah. Trust trust is a very hard thing. <laughs> trust is a very hard thing. Um, I think he's gotten more in touch um, with his empathetic side. Okay. I think okay. I think he's looking, um, and that's only because he is alone. So everybody that he comes in contact with becomes that much more special. Mm-hmm. You know, being by himself has brought him around to the ideas that he does need people. You know, you need people to survive. You can't survive on your own. Right. Uh, and and because there's so few people that are left everyone becomes that much more special. True. And so, if, and so if you lose them, what do you have? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Now, what about the mission? Has Broussard's mission changed at all at this point or his perspective about the mission? How has it evolved? Yeah, I think the mission has evolved because the enemy has become unseen, whereas when we began mm-hmm. the show – there was the occupation and the resistance, and it was a clear-cut enemy of who you were fighting. Right. Um, as the show has unfolded, those lines have become blurred. You don't necessarily know who the enemy is, mm-hmm. um, you ju- and you don't know who's pulling all the strings. Um, so I think he's trying to figure out, and that's, that's why one of the reasons why he stayed behind, and that's one of the reasons why he's living in um, the old post office is because okay. he's trying to piece together the occupation secrets to find out who the real enemy is. Right, right. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that too because in some ways the viewers have a little bit more information now, but but you guys, the characters, have less because, like you said, you you had the authority. Everybody saw that, you know, in your face. And that was the enemy. But now we're still getting some of the information, but you guys are in the dark. So that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, even when he went undercover and was uh, to work for the occupation as a red hat, uh-huh. um, you know, he was still on a certain level. He didn't right. figure out who was actually in charge of the occupation and who was mm-hmm. liaising uh, with the people that were higher up than them. He he never saw that yeah. um and so and so you know but now that's been destroyed so the occupation as we knew it in la is it no longer exists exactly yeah all right well the puzzle the episode two is titled puzzle man so this is this is the million dollar question for real who would solve a 1000 piece jigsaw puzzle faster you or peter jacobson come on that's not even the real question <laughs> That's not even it. That's not even a real question. You know, the minute you ask that question, I heard the song "Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better." You know, and it wasn't. It was. It was like Peter Jacobson's voice because he's the person who always knows that he can't best me, um, but yet he still tries. You know, he's like that. He's like that. Yeah, it's like that cute little cousin that you just sort of tap on your head and just go, you know what, just keep trying, kid. Just keep trying. <laughs> That's funny. So pretty much I could have said anything, you or Peter Jacobson, and it's pretty much a given. Is that is that what you're telling me? 
I think you said it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Confirmation. <laughs> All right. Well, the good news for Peter is that we haven't interviewed him yet this season, so he he'll have a chance to respond. But oh, sure. We know. We all know. We all know what he's going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you know, I had to ask. I had to go there. So. You know what? Here's the thing. I will say this. This is what I will give Peter Jacobson. The one thing he's good at, better than me by far, okay. is running his mouth. <laughs> hey, one for Peter. There you go. There you go. I love it. <laughs> we all have our positives. <laughs> I love it. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Much. Thank you, Tracy. You be good, all right? We'll see you, you we'll see you in the uh we'll see you in the universe tomorrow. Absolutely. All right. All right. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Jay, I'm sorry that you missed all that live. But... <laughs> oh um, man. <clears throat> thoughts, mm. reactions, comments? Well, <clears throat> You're such an instigator, I swear to God. You know, I was really, I was really, really bummed because I was so looking forward. I'd love to. Have I, know, I know, uh, I know. I felt bad it, that you couldn't. And tell it me. fell apart at the total last second. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So I have just a few thoughts. I have just a few thoughts. <laughs> the first one is, well, I don't need him either. Okay. <laughs> uh. The second one is, you know, I heard you in that interview giggling. Like a little schoolgirl yeah. taking his side to everything. What the hell is that about? <laughs> no, that is unacceptable. We we will discuss this after the podcast. It's right no there. surprise. It's no surprise. You've seen my T-shirt from Wendy. I'm, What's up, Wendy? I'm, Team Broussard. God, Ugh. <sighs> so ridiculous. And then finally, you know, from me, the guy, he's not even going to say my name. That's fine guy on the show that I won't say your name for the whole rest of the season. That that one dude that you know is the one dude that The cool I, dude? You know. No no, that would be Snyder. And then and then the last thing I'm gonna say is I cannot wait until we talk to Peter Jacobson because there's gonna be hell to pay for some of those comments. I you know you running his mouth. Oh Okay. Oh, all right. God, hey, I'm not hey, hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Gracie yeah. said the same thing about Peter's character about Snyder. So I mean, the character, uh, the actor, they both they both like to talk. That I mean, that that's all he was saying. Uh huh. No, saying. you you are not sticking up for Broussard while I'm on the line. Heck no. 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 Okay, no. I can see. I, I sense that this has riled you up quite a bit. Mission accomplished. Um, but give me one piece of feedback on the character insights that he shared. Um, you, you know, the one thing that really stuck out for me, um, and I, I actually meant to talk about it a little bit when we were talking mm-hmm. about Broussard there in the beginning, um, is he mentioned kind of like the dangers of solitude. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to bring up the point that, you know, while he's so disciplined and while he's, you know, on this almost self-made mission, whatever, um, it does suck to be alone for an extended period of time like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to fill that time. Um, you have to have that discipline to do what you're supposed to do. But, th- like, that gets in your head. 
And that yeah, can, yeah. I mean, that can make so many different things happen. Um, mm-hmm. And not just all negative. I mean, there's a positive. Obviously, look at where he is um, now or whatever. But um, so I thought that was interesting that he brought that up as a point to, you know, ponder and consider because you do have this guy that for six months, like he sees everybody, you know, once in a blue moon um, and the mm-hmm. interactions are short at best, um, that what does that do to that person? Maybe what does it do to that person that we haven't seen yet? Um, so I thought yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, along the same lines, how, you know, he pointed out that, you know, because I was like, is he starting to trust people? You know, he's making these connections. Right. But he right. said it's a big deal in in these six months. You know, it's a big deal when you get to talk to someone or see someone, yeah. you know. So I, I yeah. wonder if that even clouds your judgment, you know, sometimes. I mean, um, I think it has to. I mean, yeah. you know, so always, always but, good stuff from Tori. But on, but on a serious note, even though he and I are always picking, I, I love that dude. He's, I know, he's so good natured. He uh-huh. is, um, he really is phenomenal on screen. Um, and even though I think his character is a punk, I think he plays him extremely <laughs> well. Um, I enjoy hearing from him. I. I, I appreciate you, Tori Kittles. This is the only time I will ever say it out loud, just so you know. <laughs> and he really appreciates the fans. He always points that out. He makes yeah. a point to say that. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not pulling yeah. it out of him. He just says yeah. straight up, you know. And um, that's that's awesome. That means a lot to everyone that cares about the show. So yeah, good yeah. stuff. Some good buzz. So yeah. all right. Well, I think that's probably about it. That's a good place to wrap it up. And uh, we'll we'll be back next week. week. That's right. More more colony. Yeah. All righty. Good night, everybody. Night, everybody. See you next week. We're going to leave you with some music from Moon. Their song titled "I Got a Fever," which was featured in episode five of season one on Colony. You can find Moon on iTunes. So check them out. Enjoy the music. Do you think you want me? Do you think you?